Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips, and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we are very excited to have Kevin Finnegan, Principal at the Prairie Health School. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much for being here. We are super excited to chat with you. If you don't mind just introducing yourself to our listeners to get started. Well, thank you for having me. Sorry. Um, my name is Kevin Finnegan. I've been principal at Prairie Hill School for the last 11 years and really excited to talk about some of the things that we've been doing during this pandemic and, and outside of it as well. Great, Kevin. We're really excited to have you. So first of all, just how are things? Are you um, in the building, not in the building? I feel like it changes every second. So if you want to just tell a little bit more about us and your school and um, how things are going, and then absolutely, we're going to dig into what you've been doing to experience success. Um, for the last uh, year and a half, we've been in the building. We have not been remote uh, at all since the start of the 21-22 school year. Obviously, like most, nearly everybody in the country, we did go remote in March of 2020. But then since then, we've done everything we can to make sure we stay in the building. That made some more changes last year. This year, we've we've stepped back on some of the restrictions we had, but still doing a lot to, to ensure that we can be in the building as much as possible. And we're, and we're making it day by day, we're making it, but man, it's tough right now. It is tough. And despite it being tough, you're still experiencing some really amazing growth and success. So we'd love to hear about it. How, what are, how are things really going? And, and what, are, what are some of the things that you're doing that are helping to contribute to that success? Well, I mean, kind of going to what I just said, I think I think one of the big successes is we've been able to stay in person. And I, I know, I know through this entire pandemic, one thing that's evident to me is that students in front of teachers is the most powerful thing that they can get. And so there's there's things we can do when when they're away from us, but it's never going to be a, a solid substitute for the teacher being in that classroom with those students. And so that's been our big success. Um, our collaboration is as we'll get to talking about is is our is our key we collaborate a lot and we're able to really get a lot from from each other and and from our peers and so from that i think we're we're staying successful through this through every challenge that that we've been faced with the the teachers have met every single one of them and it's it's remarkable to see that even through every struggle the success has been there amazing and it's really inspiring and hopeful to hear. Um, I would love to dig more into the collaboration piece. Can you talk to us about either systems or routines or things that you do as a staff or with teachers or with teachers and students um, that other folks could replicate if they wanted to in terms of how you all collaborate? Yeah, so nine years ago, we decided to become a professional learning community in this building. We visited a number of other schools that had done it. And in, I believe, 2014, we were designated, 2015, we were designated as a model PLC school in the country. Um, every single day, my I have four sections at every grade level. Every day, 
the grade level has an hour of common collaborative time. So for our right now, kindergarten is at specials. And so all four teachers in kindergarten have that hour to collaborate on the needs of students and where where they're going curricularly, where they're going with the needs of students and everything. And, and we use the four guiding questions that, that the four really um, championed of what, what do you want your students to know? How are you going to know if they've learned it? What are you going to do for those that haven't learned it? And what are you going to do for those that are already that have already learned it? Using those four guiding questions really has pushed us to where every conversation is powerful that we have in this building. What's the data or what do, what do teachers bring to those conversations to be able to know what students know, what they don't know, and what's their action plan or, or take us into an actual conversation? Sure. I wish I wish we could almost just drop in and hear one because they're they're remarkable. Um, there's a lot of different data points we use. We have a lot of common assessments within the grade. Our iReady diagnostic plays a big role in that as well. Um, we decided about six years ago, five years ago, to go all in on on Ready, and that really just helped align us that our our reading program we have as a standards reference school. We felt that Ready really aligned with that, so so we started that. And for math, um, the the Ready Math we started, and then um, Magnetic. We now are in Magnetic Reading. Um, we have all of those pieces, and with the iReady Diagnostic, it plays right into that. So having having a common language has really helped. But if you go into any of those meetings, you're going to hear them talking about the common assessments that have been developed, um, either. By, by the team themselves or in coordination with standards mastery to really understand where students are within the standards. Um, and, and that also has really helped a vertical articulation within our building. So from first grade to second grade, second to third, those conversations really build upon each other as we developed our power standards that, that grow from one level to the next as well. So helpful to hear. And I feel like it's every teacher's dream to have that common planning time. And unfortunately it doesn't happen as often as it should. You know, folks, especially now, there's that analogy of like classrooms, like um, like the eggs in the egg carton, right? And they're so isolated. But for teachers to know that they have that, that planning time, the collaboration and just talking out loud what they wanna see in their students' work is just, is just so, I'm sure it just makes all the difference. I would love to hear um, especially for our for other leaders listening, like what what is your role in these meetings? Are you observing? Do you kind of just let them go? Are you providing feedback? Um, do you help facilitate? Like where does the school leadership kind of fit in here? Uh, well, the first part, the school leadership fits in in, in developing the schedule that is going to allow for that. But uh, every Wednesday, every Wednesday is because they have an hour of common collaborative time. They're not expected to meet an hour every day. Right. They out of those three hundred minutes a week. 90 minutes are are asked to be collaborative and so every wednesday i sit in on those meetings and, along with my curriculum coordinator and we are active participants but i am not by any means leading those meetings that's the leadership within the team and and every voice needs to be heard i think the other important part of of any powerful collaboration is there is not a dominant voice every single voice has to be heard because it, they're representing students and no students are more important than another teacher's students. So that first year teacher has to be an advocate for their students just as much as the 20, 20 year veteran. 
I love uh, that you just said there is no dominant voice and the advocacy. And I just want to thank you for giving time to teachers and protecting that time because in our travels of interviewing educators, that is probably one of the biggest thing that educators are asking for is just time, time with each other, time to plan, time to digest what, what they're seeing with their students. So that is um, definitely a gift you are giving them and you are making the teachers feel appreciated because you are blocking that time for them. What I'd love to know is how then do teachers turnkey that those conversations to enroll students so students start to own their learning and what where's the student buy-in piece and how are you setting that up? Well, I think I think that goes into really what standards reference grading is and, and standards reference education is we, we talk about that being a proactive approach. The the traditional ABCDF is very reactive. Your student got this. That is the score they received. What we have is a proactive approach that you're always continuing to grow within the standards. And, and so the students own that because they've never, you know, been told that's as far as you're getting, you know, it's continuing to grow. And, and that's in, in starting at the kindergarten, first grade level with rubrics to have students understand what are their expectations? What are they trying to learn? It's also involving the parents in that as well that they see what those expectations are. And we actually, when, when we do our report cards, we, we call them progress reports, that the report card's the end of the year. We, we look at the end of the year as our goal line and, and honestly, the end of our district as our goal line. And I think that build gives students the understanding that I've never not gotten where I need to go because I'm, I'm continuing to move down that path. And that's why I think are we celebrate our scores here at the elementary level, but we celebrate the middle school scores and the high school scores just as much or more because that's really where our kids are progressing to. And, and we don't see the end of third grade or the end of fourth grade as a finish line, but really it's a, it's that lifelong learning. It's important. It's so, it's so great to hear how you kind of establish that mindset within your, your school and also your district. I think even just the naming conventions, calling something a progress report versus a report card can have such big implications for a student, their family, for the student to understand the long-term goal, right? Um, and then also just how important that family to school communication is. So thank you for sharing all that. It's, it's, it's a lot, but when you break it down, it, it's really helpful to hear just the small 1% solutions that have created the learning environment that you have at your school. Well, it's also one, one of the things we were able to, we're a smaller district, so we're able to make changes. I think that's that's something that, that benefits us. We're able to make changes pretty immediate. Um, our teachers are able to do that. We changed our schedule of our, our reporting and, and our, our conferences so that they match up. So our parent-teacher conference is right when our progress report comes out so that it's a discussion right there with the parent that it's not just a piece of paper they read, but it's a, it's a lively discussion and it's a living document. So I think that's important for us as well. It's involving the parents. So I just want to reflect some of the things that I'm hearing that you're doing. And we've talked about this on the podcast. So listeners, if you want to hear more about some of these topics, go back and listen to previous episodes. But what I'm hearing that you do is you definitely have high expectations 
which is great. You're giving educators time. You have long-term goals. The fact that in an elementary school, your third grade is not the end. They're looking towards high school. You have educator buy-in. You have community buy-in. What you just said is that you're you're having real conversations, collaborative conversations around data and progress. So so all stakeholders know what they're doing. Um, so the last thing I want to know about too, you've put in some amazing pieces. What about the human element? What are you doing for teacher mental wellness and student mental wellness given this, well, the state of affairs? <laughs> that's, that's the million dollar question. And if I could always exactly. do more, we'd, we'd love to be able to do that. I think um, you know, we have an SIP day coming up this week and it's, it's just saying, we can't add more to your plate right now. There's so much that's been added to the plate. It's let's just focus on where we are and, and, and what you need going forward. It's looking at, I, I, I think it's, it's being willing to say, we've put too much on your plate. And, and there's been conversations I've had with my second grade team this year of, of what can we, what can we remove from there? Because that's really what's been difficult is you want to, you want to have everything you absolutely do, but you can't. And, and every single thing you add is taking away from something else because we have a finite amount of time and we have finite resources. So I know that's, I, I, I will say that I, I know that's a place we can always do better and I can always do better is, is that, that human side to it all. But I think, you know, our district has, has really been good at looking at that for our teachers. One of the things that that they did a few years ago is they worked with the state legislature to make it so that within our district, this is common in other states, it's not common in Illinois, that staff can have their, their children come to this building, even if they live in another district. And so I think it's valuing our, our teachers as parents and knowing that if they've got to leave early, that we'll cover for them. And, and we're not going to have them take more additional time off for that, that I'll go sub the class of the superintendental subclasses in our district um, to to value their time as parents as well. I think that's a we could talk to you all day, Kevin, but I think that's a good, hopeful place to end. Just, you know, valuing teachers and anyone that works in a school really as just the a human and the person they are. They have a family, they have commitments and not making teachers take personal days to take their kid to the dentist, you know, just that type of thing. It just really goes a long way because that's those can be some of the biggest stressors. So Anyways, thank you so much for being here. You covered a ton and we hope that all of our listeners find it helpful and we really appreciate all of your time and expertise. Well, Danielle, sorry. Thank you so much for letting me join you guys this afternoon. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow along as always on Twitter at Curriculum Asoche and on Instagram at MyIReady and be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see the work you do. If you have feedback about the podcast, it's a topic of interest or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at caing.com. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.